Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The Volume. The 3 and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for baseball, the NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, and so much more. Awesome new and existing User promotions, America's number one sports book, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff. This is a three and out podcast. Usually we do the go low in the middle of the week. But with football heating up and honestly, the golf stuff, uh, the FedEx playoffs are starting. There is some pretty good value from a betting standpoint. Thagala, Davis, Riley, some guys with long odds. Now that just the top 125 is happening. But like I, I'll probably do a golf podcast in a couple weeks when they go into the tour championship. Now, one, I guess some news broke today. Live the some players that wanted to play in the FedEx, they got denied. Cam Smith, who just won the Open, beat Rory. I mean, basically admitted without admitting, he's gone. Like, so he's gone. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, but I, I'm not going to dive into the legalities of the live. It's kind of exhausting. But from a gambling standpoint, Davis Riley, Thigala, jump on that. But there's a lot going on in the football world. Uh, trade requests, the Patriots struggles, McVeigh, the the coaches poll came out in college football, and uh, just kind of wanted to keep a little football content rolling now that you know we, we, we were going. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram fire in those DMs as well. If you listen on Collins feed, 
subscribe separately to the three and out feed. And uh, other than that, again, no golf podcast this week. Probably won't be one next week because none of these guys that are quote unquote defecting are going to do it till after the cash is paid. And that's still a couple weeks away. It's going to be ironic though when Cam Smith wins $15 million, Jay Monahan hands him $15 million. And the next week, he's like, I'm going with my buddy Ozzy, 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 Greg Norman. Peace. See ya. Uh, get ready for that because that is a strong possibility of happening. I had a lot of people come into my DMs and say, well, you just said you're out on Matt Patricia. You act like Matt Patricia wasn't part of the Patriot teams that had a lot of success. Yes, he was. As a defensive coach, he was a defensive coordinator. So a lot of head coaches go on to fail and come back and have success either as coordinators or assistants. The reason that I question what the Patriots are doing is that Matt Patricia, now Belichick is cloak and dagger, so I don't know for sure, but I think we, it sure feels like it's pointed that way, is going to be the offensive coordinator. We all have to agree, whether you're a Patriot fan, whether you're just a football fan, that is insane. That is beyond nuts. I'm recording this on Tuesday afternoon. I went to the 49ers practice. And when you're at the 49ers practice, just like if I went to any other training camp beside the Patriots, they have position coaches everywhere. Chris Kasurik, many consider the best defensive line coach in the league, is a lifetime defensive line coach. Anthony Lynn, what's he coaching? I don't know. Running backs. What was Anthony Lynn his entire career? Played a running back, then he coached running backs. What's Kyle Shanahan doing? Calling offensive plays. Why? What's Kyle Shanahan? An offensive coordinator. What's D'Amico Ryan's doing? Well, played linebacker, became a linebacker coach. Now he's coordinating the defense. If I had gone to practice and you're like, what's D'Amico Ryan doing? You know he's coaching the offensive line. I'd be like, has Kyle Shanahan lost his mind? What are we doing? Why would you do that? So when these reports are coming out every single day that the Patriots offense looks terrible... How can any of us shake our heads? Joe Judge was the head coach for the New York Giants for two seasons. Their offense was a joke. He could never call the offensive plays. He had Jason Garrett do it. Then he had Freddie Kitchens do it. So if he was some offensive mastermind and not just a special teams guy, why wouldn't he take over the offense? Say what you want, and I'm recording this before Hard Knocks. Last year, Dan Campbell demoted Anthony Lynn. You know what Dan Campbell did? as a tight end guy, as an offensive guy, he took over the play calling. Now, you can say, is he good or not? I, you know, that's for only history will decide that over time. But he took over the play calling. Joe Judge never did. Why? He couldn't. And now you're depending on two guys whose expertise, one is defense, and the others has been special teams, to now help Mac Jones and this offense operate? And I saw people on social media like, we got to get Dante Skarnickia back. Like, yeah, Dante Skardekia could not help Joe Judge, but most specifically, Matt Patricia. Because what Matt Patricia is doing is something that he is not equipped to do. I don't care how smart Bill Belichick is. And I think we'd all agree he's pretty smart. Bill Belichick is probably one of the only coaches in NFL history who could coach every single position and do it at the highest of high levels. And that includes kicker, punter, and long snapper. From the center, to the safety, to the wide receiver, to the quarterback. Can coach it all. 
Other guys can't. Matt, in what world does does anyone, especially Bill Belichick, believe that Matt Patricia is equipped to coordinate the offense and coach the offensive line? The offensive line is a position in the league, like defensive line, that the coordinators, all coordinators in the NFL make seven figures. All the offensive coordinators and all the defensive coordinators. Now, obviously, some of those guys are head coaches, but every defensive coordinator that is not the head coach makes over a million dollars, and a ton of them make two and three million dollars. That position pays a premium. Just like offensive coordinators who are not the head coach and that call the plays, every single one of them make a million plus, many $1.52 million. It's a highly compensated position. Why? Because when you're good at it, or just one, just the ability to do it pays a lot because it's very, very difficult. And then when you're good at it, it you know you don't want to lose that position. So you pay them to try to not lose it. It's why all these offensive line coaches are all making a ton of money. Same with the top defensive line coaches. Well, it's I would imagine if you went to every single bio of the offense, specifically the offensive line, if you went to the Eagles, to the Cowboys, you just bounced around the league. Most offensive line coaches have coached offensive line, I don't know, the majority of their career. It is a very, very difficult thing to do. It's why the the, the top flight offensive line coaches, just like the top flight defensive line coaches, but more specifically the offensive line coaches, always separate. And to think that we can just transfer Matt Patricia because he knows Dante Skarniecki and Bill Belichick's around is nuts. And clearly at practice, they're getting dominated. And you can say, well, the defense is always ahead of the offense. I think it falls on Matt Patricia. And I think it falls on one of the most, I I think it's the craziest thing Bill Belichick's ever done in his coaching career with the Patriots, making this move. Uh, And I understand he doesn't like going outside his little bubble uh, of Patriot minions. But this is, uh, I'm not saying if they had a terrible season, he would deserve to get fired. But maybe Kraft is just would be over him because this is the type move. I listen. Andy Reid is one of the best coaches in league history. Made Juan Castillo his defensive coordinator, and, and it backfired. And ultimately, now obviously Belichick has more equity with six Super Bowl rings, but he's much angrier. He's much more difficult to be around. If you tell me that Bill Belichick is not the head coach of the New England Patriots next year, I don't fire, resign, leave. I. I, I could see it because it does feel this season has a chance to be very, very weird. The NFL Week 1 odds are out, and now's the time to try FanDuel Sportsbook if you haven't already. Get in on the action early this season. Right now, new FanDuel Sportsbook customers can get no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Here's what I know. I like two games right off the bat. Matt Stafford talked about this on the podcast Elbow's a little messed up. I like the Bills week one. Lot to prove. Coming off that devastating loss to the Chiefs. I think they start fast. Here's another matchup. Bears-Niners. I think the Bears are going to be awful. I like the Niners to destroy the Bears. I would take the 49ers minus 10. There's no double-digit number you give me where I wouldn't feel good. Niners to cover. Bills to win. Just sign up using the promo code Colin, place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. There's no better place to get ready for the football season than on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, 
an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using the promo code Colin to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's promo code Colin. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We've seen a couple trade requests not all trade requests or hold-ins are created equal, right? When Debo Samuel held in, when TJ Watt held in, you see it around the league. It was like, yeah, this guy is going to be compensated. And then you see Kareem Hunt, who, hey, Kareem, not so long ago, pretty sure a viral video went of you kicking a chick and you were cut from, I don't know, the best team in the league. So now that your career is back on track, and I understand that your position, you know, quote unquote, you're underpaid. But in what world do you think the Cleveland Browns are going to do anything about it? They're not going to pay you. And it makes no business sense for them to pay him. And I loved it when I read that not only do they not plan on paying him, if he doesn't practice, we're going to start fining him. You don't get to hold in and we treat you like TJ Watt or Debo Samuel. That ain't how it's working here. Especially with all the shit we're taking with Deshaun Watson, rightfully so. You don't get to just sit there and watch and think you're going to get money that you're not going to get from us and not get fined. So the Cleveland Browns, which let's face it, are a shit show. I, I give, I, I commend them on that. I said when 
when Ryan Poles, who I have always heard good things about, at his introductory press conference said that we are going to, the North is going to come through Chicago again, I thought was one of the most moronic and dumbest things I've seen in a press conference, especially from a young hire GM or coach in a long, long time. Because I, I, I'm all for being confident. Uh, I'm all for having some internal, even cockiness. But to say something like that uh, in a division where you are literally, he said it last year, I own you by, I don't know, one of the best players in the history of the league. is it, Listen, he's he could retire, I guess, after this year and two years, but he could easily keep playing for a while. And as long as he's playing, he's going to continue to kick your ass. Like I would just keep my mouth shut as I built this thing. And I've been on record, and I feel pretty good about this. I think the Bears are going to... Bears are the Giants, but I think the Giants are kind of trying to suck. I think the Bears are going to try to be competitive, and they're going to suck. They're going to be awful. Now, it's not all Uberflus or Ryan Poles' fault. They inherited a team... Ryan Pace is one of the worst GMs we've seen since, like, Grigson. I mean, his offensive line is collegiate level. Justin Fields is going to be running for his life. They're going to be really, really bad. So I, I'm not putting the team situation necessarily all on the new head coach and the GM. But when you start kind of pumping your chest and saying some of those things, it's like you do put a little bit of target on your back and you're going to be bad. Now, what of the bright spots on the roster? Like Justin Fields, in theory, is a bright spot, but let's face it, like he has a long way to go before we can go, you know, this guy's a really good player. And I'm someone who loved Justin Fields coming out. The size, the speed, just the raw talent. I, I would always lean with talent like that. Now, at quarterback, it's about so much more than talent. Intangibles, uh, quarterback intellect, just the the instincts of the position. The guys like Mahomes and Russell Wilson have. Like, We'll see if at the pro level, Fields has it. But what I saw at Ohio State, I would have been all for it. But he hasn't proven much. It's not all of his fault. Inherited a terrible team. But the best player on their team, once they got rid of Cleo Mack, was Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith was... Uh, an elite college player who was then drafted in the top 10 and has lived up to the billing. And in his like seven paragraph notepad tweet Instagram, which, you know, might be a little too long. Just say a couple lines. And I love it. I give him credit. He mentioned Butkus. He he mentioned Urlacher. He, met, he mentioned Briggs. He mentioned some of the people have a soft spot in Chicago for defense that he's demanding a trade. And... Like this, they, they got to figure this out. They, they just got to get on the same page as the one bright spot. Because here's the problem. Because if you were truly just kind of starting over, you would trade a guy like this and just completely tear it down to the skids. The problem is, for as good as he is, like, is anyone trading a first round pick for a linebacker? Probably not. Though you could argue that if you were a team very close, the Denver Broncos don't have any picks. But let's say, for example, like would they trade a first-round pick for Roquan Smith? You know, would the Chargers... I, I'm just throwing out teams like that might feel they're a player away. You could make the argument, though I don't think any team would because part of this is he wants a new contract. But like part of being a good GM and a good head coach is massaging these relationships and not getting in these knockdown, drag-out situations. And when your team's going to be bad, which means you're going to just get a lot of negative publicity. Because here's the thing. like I think everyone knows the Giants are going to be bad. And they've kind of said it without saying it. But when you go, let's just hypothetically say they win four games. That means they go 4-13. and 13. 
That is a long season. That's a lot of fans booing. That's a lot of negative articles. That's a lot of irrelevancy. And that's a lot of apathy. And when that actually happens, it sucks. Now, if you get right the draft because of it, people look back and go, thank God for that season. But while you're living in it, it sucks. I talked about it on yesterday's podcast. If you don't learn from your failures, you're wasting uh, just ample opportunities to parlay those into successful things. But while you're going through failures, it doesn't make it any easier. I mean, it doesn't, it's not fun, right? It's it's not fun as a player to get cut. It's not fun as, you know, someone in any business to get fired, right? It's, it's not fun. It's not fun as a business owner to go bankrupt. But when those things happen, if you don't, you know, use those to your benefit, big picture, you're wasting opportunities. But while you're living in it, it sucks. So this season for the Bears, I promise you, is going to suck. At least a bright spot with a guy that you drafted and who fits ultimately the culture of what people in Chicago love, defense, now figures it feels like he hates the place. Even Debo Samuel, I'll say this, when he demanded a trade, he never said a peep. Like Roquan's tweeting out, you know, basically a New York Times article that he wrote on his notepad how he's over it. And he feels like he's getting screwed. And all he ever wanted was to play for the Bears. He wanted to play his entire career for the Bears. Roquan's doing a pretty good job PR right now. And this is something early on in polls and Uberflus's career, like they got to figure this shit out. There'd been a lot of, I don't know if conjecture is the right word, but people like, is it a little weird that Sean McVay, who turned down Amazon, for a ton of money, and probably you know turned down Monday Night Football. I mean, Sean McVay easily could be making twenty million dollars right now. Whether it was working with Al Michaels, whether it was working on Monday Night Football, like there were, it's it's clear there were massive art, uh, offers for him to work television, and those are not going to go away. Those are basically standing offers. Anytime Sean McVay wants to go, peace, I'm out. He can immediately go to TV. Hell, I heard him last year on the podcast with Schrager. If if Sean McVay started just a football podcast, it immediately be one of the best football podcasts in America. His career, like he was made kind of like Mike Tomlin, they could dominate the space where you talk for a living. They were born to talk. Luckily, Sean, like Tomlin, born to coach football, and he's great at it. And he officially signed a contract extension. I think it's fair to guess where I'm sitting. I, you know, I don't know, 15-ish. $18 million, uh, he's worth every penny. One, he's just an absolute rock star. He's basically John Gruden back in the late 90s, early 2000s, but everyone likes him. You know, I, I met a lot of people that were around John Gruden uh, that they tell you 20 years later, a lot of people hated him at the time. Now, he was winning and it was working, so who cares? Like, a lot of people hated Bill Parcells, too. I'm not saying you got to be liked, but, like, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> you know, most guys that played for Andy Reid really like him. Right, most guys that played for Tom Coughlin feels like respected the guy. Pete Carroll is a good example of. In theory, you'd be like, "Oh, everyone likes Pete Carroll." Richard Sherman can't stand the guy. Bobby Wagner can't stand the guy. Every guy that when they leave Seattle, it's like they leave on a negative note. That's not always good, and that's not the case with Sean McVay. To me, Sean McVay has turned to be the total package, and the, the LA Rams have basically built their program around the guy. And I, I would say that they are, you know, the NFC, it's pretty clear. The AFC, I mean, we don't have the Deshaun Watson finality to what's going on there. And we all think the AFC is going to be awesome. But when you really think about it, the Bills are sweet. 
a couple really good teams are going to come out of the AFC West. I, my guess would probably be the Chiefs and the Chargers, but you know the Raiders and Broncos easily both good too. You know, I, I think the Ravens are going to be really good. Uh, the Brown, or excuse me, the Browns, I'm out on. The Steelers, like their quarterback situation, just I, I do not trust it at all. I, I do not trust Mitch Trubisky, and I definitely don't trust Kenny Pickett. You know, the Bengals, in theory, Joe Burrow's a stud, but is are they just going to rattle off double digit wins moving forward? You know, time will tell. Uh, the AFC South, I think, is pretty wide open. I, I think the Titans come back to earth a little bit. You know, the Colts, is there a chance that Frank might be a little overrated? You know, does does Andy Reid, does Belichick, does Tomlin, like, lose that game to Jacksonville just to get in the playoffs? One thing to lose a playoff game, it's another thing to lose at the Jags with your playoff hopes. Like, so I don't think we do enough, we spend enough time of, like, you know, we all talk about the Colts and their roster being solid and how they've improved and, like, Ballard's a good GM. Like, is their coach good? Everyone speaks highly of him. Seems like a great guy. I don't know him personally. I know people that have been around him. Everyone liked him a lot. Are we sure he's really good? Or are we sure? I don't think we asked that question enough. Because as someone who thinks the Titans are going to come back to earth a little bit, I know Mike Vrabel's a big-time coach. Like, if I had to choose between the two coaches, I'm taking Mike Vrabel every day of the week and 10 times on Sunday over Frank Reich. I don't even hesitate. So if it turns out that like, you know, and this happens sometimes, right? Uh, Look at the NBA. If you follow people that cover the NBA, they all love Adam Silver. Adam Silver is like a hero to them. Yet when you look at Adam Silver as a commissioner, players love him too. Why? He lets players do whatever the hell they want. Yet under his watch, the NBA has kind of been a disaster. They've lost half their audience. Their business has lost in terms of people consuming them over time when he's been in charge. That is a fact. So his job, like ultimately Roger's job is to increase viewers, which increases money. Silver, they had a big television deal right when he started and they've lost viewers since. And everyone tells me, well, media rights only go up. Yeah, if people are fucking watching. Like why is the Big Ten going to get so much money? Because Ohio State is the most watched team. And now they add USC to go along with Michigan, to go along with Penn State. Like beside the Warriors and like LeBron and Giannis, like no one watches the NBA relative to what it used to be. So you can keep telling me he's a good commissioner. Well, I just think you really like him. Just like Frank. Like, is Frank really good? Like, I don't know. I just know everyone likes him. And I think that clouds their judgment. I say it all the time. That's why I'm down on Brandon Staley. I think he plays to the media. The media is an easy mark. They're easy to play. There are a couple key words. And and you can always go political if you take the right angle and they're going to love you. I see it in my backyard with Gabe Kapler with the Giants. I think he's a clown. I think he's terrible at his job. Yet the media, he had the media eating out of his hand. And he had one good year and everyone's like, oh my God, this guy's the next Sparky Anderson. And it's like, yeah, I'm watching him this year. His team sucks. Why? Because he sucks. Because consistently, his team's underachieved. That's a fact, you know? But like in a press conference, he can say all the right things. And the media's like, this is my guy. The media's easy to play. I don't, I don't, I don't worry about that when it comes to sports. I'm big into black and white. Do you win or do you lose? Are you successful or you're not? Do you win big games or do you not? And right now, Frank, like, he just doesn't win big games. They have a good team. We all think they got a good roster. They got good players. But, like, you got to win a big game. So the AFC, like I said, has a lot of talent, has a lot of good teams, but we don't think Belichick team is going to be that good. Besides Andy Reid, like, who are the big-time coaches? Sean McDermott is had some success, but in the biggest game, in the biggest moment, they completely kind of shit down their leg. They, they blew it. 
And he's a defensive guy. Like, that's kind of inexcusable. Now, we'll see. They should, like, I, I would take Sean McDermott over Brandon Staley. He's proven way more as a head coach than Josh McDaniels. Definitely more than Nathaniel Hackett. You know, you'd say John Harbaugh. Uh, that would be a team that I think is going to come bouncing back. So it's going to be fascinating to kind of watch this this all play out in the AFC. But when you look at the NFC, speaking of, I guess, in a long-winded way, like, it's just not that good. You know, so if the Rams stay healthy, if the Bucks stay healthy, if the 49ers stay healthy, like, it's pretty clear the top three or four teams, you know, the I think the Packers, everyone's like, oh, you think the Packers are going to come back to earth? I said it yesterday. Rodgers is in a great headspace. I, I expect them to be really, really good. It's going to might look a little bit different. But I do not expect them to all of a sudden win nine games. Now, he might not win the MVP. Part of it is how hard is it to win the MVP three straight years? Pretty sure it doesn't happen. Favre did it in one of the years he split it. You know, and he, now he did split it with Barry Sanders. But, you know, it's just you're more than likely not going to win three straight MVPs. Uh, another thing I saw that I just can't get over, and it honestly kind of bothers me, and this is not personal. I have nothing against the guy. Though I do think a little like Brandon Staley, a little like Adam Silver, he clearly is well-liked. People that meet this individual, and I know several people that know him, they really like him. And and listen, there's something to be said for that if you're just a good human. To me, there's a difference of like, are you a good human just because you're actually a good human or are you a fake and a phony, right? Like people that meet people in just different industries are like, I like this guy. He's just a normal, authentic human. And then it's like, well, I think this guy's pretty fake. And I'm always out on the fake guys. I was talking to someone the other day who had been around Russell Wilson. And I said, what's his deal, man? Does he it does, does he flip a switch when he's BSing with you over a sandwich than when he's you know speaking on camera or talking on social media? And the guy's like, honestly, I swear to God, in all my interactions with him, he acts weird regardless. He's kind of a weird cat. I don't think he's being fake when the camera's on. I think that's just kind of what he is. He's kind of a robot. And if that's true, we can say he's cringe. We can say he's corny. But I do respect if that's actually him. It's the reason I, and like most of society, we laugh at politicians. Because we think they say one thing and then they do another. We don't think. We see them. They say one thing and they do another. They're completely phony. And I despise phonies. But if you're weird and quirky, and we think you're weird and quirky, as long as you're like that to your wife, behind closed doors, like, listen, maybe you're just different. I, I got no issue with it. But Steve Sarkeesian is well-liked. People really like the guy. But as a football coach, as a head coach, he has not been successful. He just has not. And I've heard people like, well, he took over the worst team in Washington. Yes, it is true. But several years later, they recruited their ass off and he struggled to win seven and eight games. And when Chris Peterson got there, who was a very successful coach at Boise State, immediately takes Washington to the playoffs with all Sark's guys. Sark has won over eight games one time in his entire career. And last year at Texas, they went five and seven. Now, I think we all acknowledge with their ability in NIL to pay players and Bijan Robinson, I think, is considered to be not just the best running back in this class, one of the best players in the country. And it, it'd be hard for them to quite be as shitty as they were last year. I would expect them to be over 500. But the coaches poll came out. They were, I think, ranked 14th, or maybe it was 15th. 
And the AP polls coming out soon. I would imagine they might not be that high, but they're going to be in the poll. They are always in the damn polls. Like, how are we at? It's one thing, USC. USC coming off one of the worst seasons in program history. If they had just rolled it back with Clay Helton, under no circumstances could you put them in the top 25. Now, ultimately, they would be able to prove they're a top 25 team. I have no problem with that. But before the season starts, I can't put you in the top 25. Well, USC hires Lincoln Riley, who when I check his resume, I go, this guy wins a shitload of games. If Lincoln Riley's your head coach, you got a 50-50 chance of going to the playoffs, let alone winning 11, 12 games. So Lincoln Riley, you get Caleb Williams. Now, are they probably ranked a little high? People are going to have them in like the top 10, top 12. Yeah, but I got no issue with you giving the benefit of the doubt to Lincoln Riley. Steve Sarkeesian, as a coach of a football program, especially one, he ain't taking Ohio State or Alabama. This is Texas. He does not deserve the benefit of the doubt. They should be banned from being in the preseason polls. Now, ultimately, they may get there. They may have a season where they go 9-3, and and I'll be impressed. But until they do, and until specifically he does, not just people like him, not just people are rooting for him, but like actually win some games actually is successful. Like, ultimately, you know what Brian Kelly will do? Is he going to win a national championship or not? I don't know. Will Brian Kelly win at LSU? One million percent. Why? Because you look at Brian Kelly, literally everywhere the guy has been, he has kicked ass and taken names. Every single place. Is he guaranteed to win a national championship? Of course not. As long as Saban's there, it's going to be really hard. As long as Jimbo's there... As long as Lane, it just has them playing hard. Auburn, the, the division speaks for itself. The SEC is very difficult. Then if you do win the West, you got to beat Kirby. Now you could argue if you just get to the SEC championship game, you got a chance still to make the playoffs and the playoffs are expanding. But my point is, I have no problem giving the benefit of the doubt to coaches who have won other places. Like Mario. Is Mario going to win a national championship at Miami? I would probably say no. But if you want to say, you know what, Mario's going to turn around this program fast and have them competing for the playoffs. I'd be like, yeah, I, I can see it. I saw what he did at Oregon. Had them elite recruiting classes and had them 9-10 wins every year, competing to win the Pac-12 or winning the Pac-12. Going to the Rose Bowl. I, I, I can see it. As long as he gets it right at quarterback, I know all the other positions are going to have NFL players everywhere. He's, I've seen it. I have never seen it with Sark. Yeah, he recruited. He recruited well at Washington. He couldn't win in a down Pac-12. NFL players everywhere. And I, I, I just, everyone is so bullish just because they have all this money. Like Texas and Texas A&M, anyone around college football will tell you, those two programs right now have basically more resources than anyone else, like not named USC. They just have so much money to pay these players, which is an advantage. But I think it's a way bigger advantage for Texas A&M especially if you factor in Texas going to the SEC too. Why? Because they have Jimbo Fisher, who I don't know, has won a national championship, who also went again to the playoffs the following year. He has won. He has been successful at the highest of high levels. Steve Sarkeesian has won nine games one time in his life. So I, I just think we need to pump the brakes on the Texas hype until, I don't know, they prove it. And I'm excited for college football. I think it's going to be an awesome season. Even though, 
let's face it, there's probably three teams that can win the national championship this year. Bama, Ohio State, and Georgia. Even Michigan, it was a fun run, but they lost some players to the draft. It's going to be difficult. They hung their hat on their defensive line. They lost their two best defensive linemen. Now, I still think they're going to be good, but I think Ohio State's beating them this year. I, I, think, I think it's fair to say that. But this notion that Texas is like all of a sudden going to be, you know, swinging around the big boys, like, let's pump the brakes. I'll come with another podcast. Plan will be Friday. Uh, and then we'll do a mailbag for the weekend. We got preseason games starting. Uh, maybe I'll, you know, I, I told everybody I quit hard knocks. And I really did. But I was telling someone at 49er practice today. I thought hard knocks last year with the Cowboys was beyond awful. It, it, was, an, it, it was terrible television. I think even Cowboy fans listening to this would have to acknowledge like, yeah, it was pretty bad. And then I was thinking like, I wonder if it was a lot of Mike McCarthy. And Mike McCarthy ruined it for me. Because I do think you can have in this modern day Hard Knocks where part of what I miss the most about Hard Knocks is the internal discussions with the personnel people and the coaches about the players. And what I mean by that is like talking shit, basically saying like this guy's not good enough, like the raw football talk, which we don't get anymore. And I understand if I was a team, I wouldn't let that stuff out either. I don't blame these teams for keeping that in-house now. But if you're not going to give me that, you need to give me a crazy coach. And I do. I'm going to give Hard Knocks a shot because of Dan Campbell. He might just be able to entertain me. Now, I, I, I if I had to guess, I don't make it more than two episodes. But I, I, I said I quit last year. I'm unofficially returning. I'm going to give the first episode a shot. I'm going to watch some Dan Campbell and, and then go from there. Because I, I do think... When you're choosing how is Hard Knocks going to be successful or not on a given year, successful Hard Knocks usually have people like Dan Campbell as lead characters. Remember, not that long ago, the Texans with Bill O'Brien was kind of entertaining just because he was a crazy SOB. Swearing all the time, just going nuts. And I don't know if Campbell, how much he swears or not, but uh, I, I do think he could carry a couple episodes just by himself. So uh, I'm going to give it a shot. Subscribe to the podcast. Talk to everyone later. Uh, no golf podcast for a couple weeks until shit you know, hits the fan with Liv, which seems like it's coming. And uh, talk to everyone soon. Peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 